Hello, church family. Thank you for joining us for another message from Res Life Holland. We hope this sermon encourages you in your walk with Jesus and empowers you to live the life God has for you. Now sit back and enjoy today's message. Well, good to see you guys. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, especially to a couple of new faces that I see out there. It's nice to have you with us. Um, hope I get a chance to talk to you after service as well. Um, as he mentioned before, and as you can see with the, the bucket here, um, we're going to be doing baptisms today. And I want to share what the Bible says about baptism. Because baptism isn't just a tradition. There is power. Biblically, the Bible says a lot about what baptism does, um, what happens in baptism, why we get baptized. Um, I want to start with what Jesus said in Matthew 3, 14. It says, but John tried to deter him. This is when he went to John the Baptist, and he, he sees John the Baptist there. John the Baptist realizes who he is, and Jesus goes to John the Baptist and says, baptize me. And it says, but John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And you come to me? And Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented, and as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at the moment, heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descend like a dove and a light on him. It's interesting, Jesus said, this is necessary to fulfill righteousness. Jesus didn't say, well, this is just a symbol I want to do, just, you know. And, and there is a lot of symbolism in baptism. There is. But it's more than just a symbol. This is something Jesus has instructed us to do. And when I think of a symbol, one of the, the top symbols that comes into my mind is this right here. This is my wedding ring. I'm married. Am I unmarried now? No. I'm, I'm still, the, the, this represents it, and, and we understand it, but we recognize that the actual marriage exists apart from that symbol. And, and baptism symbolizes many things, but baptism does bring something to the table. Jesus said it was necessary to fulfill righteousness. In Acts chapter 2, we have the, the church being born. We have the, the disciples and, and many of the followers of Jesus were together in that upper room, and the Holy Spirit came on them, and they came out, and Peter preached to the, the people that were there. And it says in verse 36, Therefore, let all of Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, who you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. He explained to them what Jesus had done, and how he died and rose again, and what that meant. And then it says, And when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? They heard what Peter taught, they believed it to be true, and then they said, what shall we do? It's interesting, they didn't say, what shall we believe? They said, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent. 
what is it that they were supposed to do? They were supposed to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Not just what you believe, but it's what you do with what you believe. James 2.18 is a very interesting verse. It says, you say you have faith, and I have works. Or you say, I have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your deeds. He challenges them. Show me your faith without your deeds. He says, and I will show you my faith with my deeds. It is important what we believe. The Bible says that we are not saved by works. Say that with me. I am not saved by works. We don't do to earn, but our actions matter. The Bible says that your actions will reflect your belief. What you believe then should affect what you do. Peter said, repent and be baptized. Baptism is something that the Bible describes as happening after repentance. What is repentance? Repentance is a recognition that something was wrong and a commitment to change. I repent. I, I, I do a U-turn, some people describe it. I change directions. Now, this brings up a very interesting concept. We refer, in, in, in English, in our culture, we refer with the word baptism to a lot of things. We refer, this today that we're gonna witness, we call a baptism. But also, in some churches, people bring their children to the, to, to the church and they sprinkle them with water and they call that a baptism. Is it bad to bring your child to the church and, and, and declare your intention to raise them up in the Lord? Absolutely not. But there's an interesting aspect that scripture refers to in baptism. It says, repent and be baptized. Do infants repent? They don't. So we, we would look at that and we would say, this is, there is a believer's repentance where they believe, they repent, and they're baptized. I believe that the act of, of dedicating your children to the Lord is powerful. It is right. It is good. And when a parent expresses their desire to raise their child up in the way that they should go, when they do that, they have done a good thing. How many of you, when you were a child, your parents brought you to be baptized? Many, many people. Awesome. However, I want to point something out. When the Bible speaks of baptism, the word baptism, by the way, just a little history lesson, in, in Greek, if a boat sunk, it was baptized. If you were attempting to dye a cloth and you take you know, whatever color it was to begin with and you put it completely in the dye, the Greeks would use the word baptize the cloth in the, um, in the dye. The word literally meant to submerge. 
In English, the word baptize didn't exist. And when the King James Version was being translated into English, the practice of the time was to sprinkle. And the, the, the translators got there and they said, we respect the word of God too much to change that word and to refer to it was anything other than to baptize. But we also don't want to make the king mad. So they said, let's keep the word in Greek. So they left it in Greek. Instead of saying, and they submerged, they said, and they baptized him. They said, this way, we're giving them everything that it means, but we're also not making the king mad at us. And we learned the English word baptized, which means to submerge. So when we look at scripture, we see that God has invited us to believe on the message of what Jesus did, to repent of the sin that we've committed and be baptized. If you are one of the people who lifted your hand and said you were baptized as a baby, praise God for that. That tells me that your parents wanted to include God in your life and we are so happy that they did that. There is something in scripture though that you may or may not have done that God has asked of you. And that is after believing and repenting, obeying God in the act of baptism. That is something that you have an opportunity to do today. And every couple of months, we will do it again if you missed it. But I don't want to, you know, the, the saying is the best day to plant a tree was 25 years ago. The second best day is today. Acts chapter two, verse 40 through 41. It says, with many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. We're back in Acts looking at what happened and it says that he didn't just say, save yourself from hell. Anybody notice that? He said that baptism, repentance and baptism was part of saving themselves from the corrupt generation that they were in. God's focus in salvation isn't just on a get out of jail or get out of hell card. He says that salvation is about having God's kingdom here and now, saving ourselves from the, the, the situation the amoral situation that we're in. Baptism is a confession of repentance. First thing, baptism is a confession of repentance. It's a declaration that I recognize that on my own, I was wrong and I needed to follow Christ. The Greek word for salvation is sozo. Sozo means so much more than not going to hell. Sozo means to be whole, to be restored, to be healed. It means godly life. We translate it often eternal life. But there's, 
There's a book called The Translator's New Testament. And if you decided that you were gonna be a missionary and you were gonna go to some tribe in, in Africa or in South America or somewhere where they've never had the Bible translated into their language or even had a written language and you learned all of that, you would probably get a copy of The Translator's New Testament so that it could help you to translate those words accurately into their new language. And The Translator's New Testament, when it says how to translate salvation. It says, be careful not to use terms that only refer to length of life. Sozo does imply eternal in time, but it also implies godly in nature now. A fullness of life. Salvation eternal life. Yes, it is forever. But when we receive eternal life, it's not like, well, I get the same, you know, I just got to guarantee that my car will just never die. Just going to keep going and going and going. It would also be a detailed job, like a repaint. Do you follow? It's not the same thing just never goes away. It's improved even now and it continues. Salvation refers to the God kind of life. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. The second thing that, that baptism is, is baptism is a burial. It's a burial. Romans 6, 3 through 4 says, Or do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ, Jesus, were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism in death in order that Jesus, just as Jesus was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Baptism represents burial and resurrection. Now, in a few minutes, we're going to have people come up and get baptized. If you are interested in getting baptized today, as we mentioned before, we have extra chains of clothes. We've got some like baggy sweatpants with drawstrings. It's going to make it fit. We've got extra clothes. We've got extra shirts. We've got everything that you would need. So I want to invite you to come. But when you come, we're going to come in here, and this water represents a burial. You go under the ground just like Jesus went under the ground. And then what did Jesus do? He rose again. You come back out. Baptism is a picture of death and resurrection. 1 Corinthians 10.12 says, For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, my brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they passed through the sea. They were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. The Bible says that when the Israelites passed through the, the, the river, or the Red Sea, technically. The Red Sea was way more than a river. Sorry for that. They passed through the Red Sea. That was a picture of burial and resurrection. It was a baptism. And then he says also the Holy Spirit would come. If you remember that he came and there was a cloud by day and fire by night. Do you remember that? 
The Bible describes that also as a baptism, a complete covering, and then they came out. It is a burial. It is also an exit or a shaking off. This says, well, I read, did I read that already? I did read that already. Psalms 136, 13 through 15 says, to him who divided the Red Sea asunder, his love endures forever. And he brought Israel through the midst of it, his love endures forever. And he swept Pharaoh and his armies into the Red Sea, his love endures forever. There's a translation of the Bible called the Young's Literal Translation that tries their best to be extremely word-for-word literal. And it says, and they shook out Pharaoh and his force into the sea, for the age is his kindness. Baptism is a shaking off. It's an exit. It's a leaving of something else behind. Egypt over and over and over in scripture is pictured as sin. They left sin behind. They shook it off. When they came out the other side, they didn't see the Egyptians again. The Bible says that they saw, and one translation says, no more, you will see them no more forever. That's Exodus 14, 13. It says, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today, and the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. We are to shake off, to leave things behind in baptism. Baptism is that. I know of people who at baptism left addictions, left, uh, I know smokers, who never touched a cigarette again. Now, am I telling you that every single baptized person never wants to smoke a cigarette? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that baptism possesses a special anointing for letting things go and that there is a opportunity there to shake off what has you bound. It's a barrier. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2, 25 through 26, it says, opponents must be gently instructed in the hope of God that will grant them repentance, leading them to the knowledge of the truth. And they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. We escape. We leave. Baptism is a line in the sand when you say, I left my old nature underground or underwater. Hebrews 11.29 says, By faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. We leave that Stuff in the background. Someone once said that the waters of baptisms are the dirtiest waters in in town because when people come out, they've left behind sin, addiction, uh, depression, all kinds of issues 
that God wants to deliver us from can be left there. In message translation of Peter, 1 Peter 3.21, 3, it says, you know, even though God waited patiently all the days that Noah built his ship, only a few were saved, eight to be exact, saved from the water by the water. The waters of baptism do that for you, not by washing away dirt from your skin, but by presenting you through Jesus' resurrection before God with a clear conscience. The Bible says we have been overcome, we have overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Romans 1.16 says, the gospel, the message of God, it is the power when the message of the gospel is believed. The power of the event is available and present. This is what Romans says. When we believe in the event of Jesus' death and burial, burial and resurrection, the power of that event is made available to us. Baptism is an event in our life that we are to look at and recognize that we have been forgiven that we have been made new, that the bonds that held us are broken and they are left behind. It's interesting that in Romans, 49 times sin is referenced or sinned. 47 times it's a noun. Only twice is it talking about a verb, your sin. The rest of the time it's talking about the sin of Adam that we are freed from. 1 Corinthians 15 says that there was a first Adam and a second Adam, referring to Adam and Eve and then Jesus and how he died in our place, Romans 6, 4. So if you are here today, just as I want to say this, if you're here today and you plan to get baptized but you didn't plan ahead to get baptized, would you raise your hand? Anybody here? You ready? You want to go for it? Go ahead. Head, head right on out. Adrian. Adrian is right there behind you. He'll make sure you've got what you need because we're going to baptize in just a couple of minutes and I want to give you time to get ready. Is there anybody else? All right. Romans says, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father that we too may have a new life. Lastly, before we get baptized, I want to say that baptism is a promise of more. Acts chapter 2, 38. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's interesting, in Acts chapter 8, Years after Jesus had died and rose again. In Acts chapter 8, verse 12, it says, But when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. What did they do? They were baptized. Before that, they believed. So they believed and they were baptized. Simon himself was believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles that he saw. 
when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God. They had believed and been baptized. They described that as accepting the word of God. They sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them, they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. It's interesting that the Bible talks about the baptism in water and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. When it talks about Moses, it talks about the baptism through the Red Sea in the water and the baptism symbolized by the cloud. In Acts chapter 19, we have another situation. It says, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. And there he found some disciples. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we have not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. Anybody been to one of those churches? We didn't even know there was. And he says, well then, what baptism did you receive? They said, John's baptism. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied, said to them, so that picture, the Bible says they were baptized, but then there was also a gift of the Holy Spirit. Many times we see that they believed, were baptized, and then received the Holy Spirit. All right in a row. We believe that there is a natural flow for all three of those things. But as we see in scripture, they don't have to happen on the same day, but they can. As we get ready here, if the band is able to come on up, we're gonna play some. I've got, do I have the, the folks that are, are ready to be baptized? We're, we're almost there? We're almost there. All right. Let's get ready. Somebody said, when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he says, well, isn't the Holy Spirit present in salvation? And the answer is absolutely 100%. He is there. You have the Holy Spirit in you. But then the Bible says, describes baptism as his coming upon you. Not that it's a perfect illustration, but someone once said, when you take a drink of water, you have water in you. But that's still not the same thing as jumping in a lake. The Bible describes baptism, repentance. Belief, it says belief, repentance, baptism in water. And then it talks about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you, if any of those things aren't consistent with what you have experienced as a Christian, look to the word, not to me. Look to the word and see what it says. 
And then I want to encourage you, follow that path. Follow that path. We're going to invite the, the folks to come forward for, for getting baptized. We're going to do that. Then um, before we close the service, I do have um, one more um, cool thing to do at the end of service um, today. And uh, let's see. Adrian? Okay, well, let's start the line, and then we'll go. All right. All right. Come on up. Oh, it's nice and warm today. Okay. All right. Speak toward me so everyone can hear you. Can you tell everybody what your name is? Leia. Who is your Lord and Savior? Jesus Christ. All right. By the confession of your mouth, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. before, when you watch baptism, think about the symbolism that God put there, that there is a burial and then a resurrection. And all the old, the sin is, is left behind. All right. What is your name? Nick. Nick? Who is your Lord and Savior, Nick? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Awesome. Well, by the confession of your mouth, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. testimony. If any of you guys want to share something with us, we would be glad to hear it, but you don't have to say anything. All right. Yep, one more step. It's a doozy. <laughs> All right, you can sit down to make it easier. What is your name? Olga. Olga? Yeah. Olga? Who is your Lord and Savior? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Excellent. Did you want to share anything? It's an awesome day. It is. It is an awesome day. All right. By the confession of your mouth, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you grab, there we go. Yep. Jesus' name. All right.
last step. Okay. All right. And what is your name? Alexandria Paloma. All right. And who is your Lord and Savior? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. By the confession of your mouth, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Plug your nose and make it easier. Well, by the confession of your mouth, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Well, that looks like everybody, nobody else is coming up. Five, four, three, two, going once, going twice, all right. So I want to share with you guys something. Um, Many of you know Tom. Tom, would you raise your hand there a second? In fact, you can come on forward here. Three and a half months ago, Tom suffered a stroke. First day, he couldn't speak. He couldn't move. We went, we prayed, and he has experienced a full recovery. Um, Pretty pretty much. He did did say he's, he's... his emotions are closer to the top since. And, and we were talking about it. We said, this is not a bad thing. Um, but he asked if I would share um, what he shared with me because he was a little worried he might get emotional. But he, he spoke to me yesterday and he said, in my prayer this week, the Holy Spirit came on me strong to pray against depression. He said he felt, has felt depression attack his life and, and, and felt that the, the Holy Spirit gave him a word for, for breakthrough in that area. And he said, I believe that God is calling me to pray for anyone in the church who desires to break a spirit of depression. So Tom, come on up here. Um, if there is anyone here who would like prayer to break that we're inviting you to come forward we want to pray we want to to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit spoke to him and and we want to rebuke that spirit of depression so just just for a moment every eye closed a moment if if you say that you'd like that prayer to be for you would you raise your hand All right, we have several people. I'm gonna invite Tom to pray right now for for those who are here, and then afterwards, I'm gonna give you a chance to come down and we'll lay hands on everyone there. Go ahead. 
come against. It's on. Father God, we come against a uh, spirit of depression. We know that many um, nowadays are affected by depression. And we know that's of the enemy. It's not of you, God. So we release breakthrough for depression today. We know that you, God, that you're waiting for us to ask, that you want people healed, that you want people healed from depression. So we come before you, Jesus Christ. And we ask for breakthrough from depression. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to invite those of you. I don't, I, we don't want to embarrass anyone. But the Bible shows example after example after example of anointing. And we believe that the Holy Spirit put this on his heart. And we would like to pray and lay hands on each of you. In case no one, someone was too embarrassed, I did want to pray corporately, but I want to invite you to come down. Tom, he's going to be down here at the bottom, over to the side, following service. We're going to be dismissed in a few seconds. I invite you to come. And we'll pray, lay hands, and, and call on that anointing that the Holy Spirit has put on him to crush depression. We know the Bible says that the enemy is the one who comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. That is what depression does. It steals peace. It steals joy. It kills life and love and happiness. We rebuke it in Jesus' name. So if that was you, I invite you, come down. We'll continue to have some time of prayer there. Everyone else, we're so glad that you were here today. Um, don't forget the cafe is over there, open, coffee, um, and then uh, come on up. We'll see you this week. Wednesday, we do have um, Growth Track, which is starting. Again, Growth Track is, if, if you consider this your home church um, and have not participated in Growth Track, please come on through. It helps not only you to understand what we as a church believe and just a tiny bit of our history, but we also spend a lot of time focusing on learning what your gifts are so that we can find a way to help you serve God with those gifts. All right, we'll see you this week. You are dismissed. Thank you very much. Go out and enjoy this beautiful day.